Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello, hello, Sarah. <laughs> hello. Oh, oh my gosh. How are you today? Good, good. Well, I got, oh God, it's so hot in here. So I got my fan on. <laughs> I've, I feel like I'm sweating buckets. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a hot day. I, I don't even know if it's hotter than others. It's just, it's really muggy because it's been raining and that sort of thing. So mm, feels yeah. like we're in the Amazon right now. Yeah. Just another well, summer day in New York City. I feel like I'm in the middle of autumn right now. It's done nothing yeah. but rain. Yeah, what's going on there? Because you've got a sweater on and I'm just... No idea. <laughs> I have got a sweater on. I feel hyperthermia <laughs> just looking at you. Yeah. So what is... Yeah. It's that damn garden furniture that you got, hey? Like it really has... It must has... be. It must be. Although we did get some brief moments at the weekend of sitting on it and it's super comfy. So oh, um, nice. we're in a further long haul. Nice. Doesn't okay. matter. All this right. is only once, only one summer. <laughs> yes, got it, got it. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Only one summer and it's not going to get yes. your, it's not going to get your goat. No, it's not. Perfect. So how's your week been? Uh, it has been good. Um, so big news on the horizon is I'm actually moving back to Canada, uh, Toronto Ooh. on August 1st. I know, very exciting. So it's just moving preparation time. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I know it's big well, news. I imagine that that is exciting and stressful all at the yeah, same time. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, it's time to go and uh, so lots of stuff has to be done and I'm I'm enjoying it because I, I love moving. I don't know why. I love I love the challenge <laughs> of moving. So that's what I've been doing, figuring out like odds and ends of like logistics. You must be in the minority of people. that. Love I moving. think I am. I know. <laughs> people keep asking me to, you know, can I help you? I'm like, no, I've totally got this and it's fun. It's kind of like the open road thing. I really like like the the wild open road, the girl and her dog in the moving truck. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh, nice. well, exciting times ahead. Exciting it, times. It's like stepping into a movie. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, how well, how was your week? Um, yeah, it was good. I can't really think of um, anything stand out that happened, I don't think. That's I watched usually the good. football <laughs> game last night for the first time. Oh I don't think I've ever really watched a football match. Are we Not allowed sure to talk about I'll ever want me to watch one again. No, no. I, that. <laughs> so we have our Italian friend and we're going to send them a message and be like, hey, great. But there's an entire <laughs> island of people who are sad right now. <laughs> yeah, there's a nation that oh are um, mourning gosh. the loss of um, what could have been, oh shall we say. Gosh. So, yeah. <gasps> It was a bit of a shame, really, to get oh. right down to the last wire oh. like that. My gosh. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah. day of mourning. I think it will be for many people Ooh. today. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't even know if we can, like, there's, it's just, it's such a hot button topic. I, I don't yeah. know if we can even, like, gosh. Yeah, no, I think we'll just gloss over it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, guys, that was Euro 2020. So it was. That's it was. done. That's done. <laughs> uh, okay, so in your morning, did you manage to stop over to the relationship desk of love? I most certainly did. Oh, good, good. Okay, mm. go on. So let's see. This week, I'm going to share with you some news about the rise in do-it-yourself divorces. <gasps> cool. Oh, nice. Okay, tell Who me. Who would have known? Who would have known? Well, they're expensive. You want to do it. DIY is just driven by getting a better cost. So I can see why people yeah. would want to get a better deal. Yeah, tell me absolutely. More. So I read this article about um, 
So it starts off, it talks about the terrifying legal costs are keeping many couples trapped in marriages that they are de- that they desperately want oh, to end. Yes. But increasing numbers of women are ditching the lawyers and saving thousands of pounds in DIY divorces. Oh, okay. So it talks about a woman, Natalie, who's 46, and she basically goes head to head with this full-on um, lawyer who her husband has um, has instructed. And this was a legal battle that went on for three years. And um, it's spanned between Australia and the UK. She had three hearings involved and um, she didn't go to a lawyer. She did it all herself. God. And it says in the end, she actually got a much better deal. So even though a, a lawyer had a, you know, a full-blown attorney, that off, started off offering a 50-50 settlement. In the end, she was awarded 75-25. <gasps> and he spent £50,000 on divorce fees and she spent 12000 across oh three years. Oh my God. Oh my so you God. you can understand, can't you, why, um, why people would go down that route. Hell yeah. Yeah. <gasps> oh my gosh. This so is fascinating. That, yeah. yeah. So there's a big increase in um, in trying to seek help with either little or no professional fees. And um, the rise of people representing themselves in court or looking for some sort of mediation to help sort things out ah, has gone mediation. from 35% mm-hmm. to yeah. 57% over the last five years. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I can see that. So that's quite a big jump, isn't it? So that's actually a pretty freeing thing to think about, for sure. Yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. All right. So when I got divorced, I was trying to avoid legal costs. So I did have some legal representation, but not a lot. Mm-hmm. And the way I looked at it was, and I had this conversation with my ex-husband, who was my husband at the time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I had this conversation, which was like, you know, at the end of the day, anything that we're arguing about is money that eventually will kind of filter down to the kids in some some yeah, shape or form. Yeah. So if we then just give that away to other people, like... Yeah that's not really very helpful is it so Ah. so for us we did try and do a lot of discussions and we did use a mediation service Mm. just to try and kind of work out what that would look like and it did take a little while but not actually that long and in the end we got something that we're both reasonably happy with so and didn't spend a fortune in lawyer fees damn I mean so that's what you've been telling us all along which is communication is key because if you can do mediation and if you can suspend your need to be right and if you can suspend your need to get back at your partner by trying to stiff them for money or you know whatever and if you can put all those aside you end up further ahead but yeah definitely the acrimonious battles are usually people trying to get back at each other in court which is and a lot of lawyers are like we're really expensive therapy sometimes. Like a lot mm. of divorce lawyers will say, get your shit sorted out in the therapist's office because then you're going to end up, you know, retaining us at the at the fee of $400 an hour, which is yeah. much more costly than a lawyer or a therapist. Yeah, yeah wow. exactly. So, but I guess it must be really, really difficult in that situation where you're going up against somebody who is a lawyer. Like, um, you oh. know, it says further on in the article, this woman literally was up two, three o'clock in the morning sometimes. Oh, preparing okay. and researching and just mm. trying to understand the position mm-hmm. um so she clearly put a lot of effort and time into it yeah. um in order to save that money but yeah i think the best solution is to try and work it out amicably between both of you but if that's not possible then mm-hmm. i guess it just goes to show that you can there is another path yeah well unlike any diy i think it's important to just watch the youtube video and decide <laughs> is this something that i want to spend all the time doing diy for yeah. or uh <laughs> Yeah. yeah that's so funny because i i'm thinking of a diy 
car project that I've got because somebody just backed into my car and didn't leave a note and so I have to replace my front bumper and um and so I'm just doing DIY it is Mm. life in the city good times anyways so I'm ordering the part online and I'm going to and I've I'm watching videos on how to take my entire bumper off and take this one plastic part and put it off and that sort of thing and so the just like any DIY is like is my time worth because and it's not DIY is, is not almost never easy but if it's worth your time and if you yeah. think you're not going to screw it up, then you might as well go ahead. So so just like the DIY bumper replacement, I guess the DIY divorce is like, watch a few YouTube videos and see how, you know, is it something that's worth your time? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little bit more complicated than a replacement of a bumper <laughs> <laughs> or a painting job. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So that's actually really cool. Okay. That's, well, yeah. DIY divorce. That's get, that gets us in the mood. Yeah. It does. <laughs> yeah. It's empowering. It is. Yeah. It's nice to know you can do stuff by yourself, like taxes. Sometimes you can DIY your taxes a little bit too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any accountant is going to be like, please don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> any accountant yeah, and lawyer is going to be like... lawyers are like, uh, stay away, stay yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Ridiculous, ridiculous advice. Yeah. You always have choice. That's it. You always have choice. There you go. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, yeah. that's gotten us warmed up. I mean, it's already pretty spicy hot here, but um, it's getting us even spicier. You ready for the hot, hot topic? Yes, I am. Let's go for it. Okay. Today's hot topic is starting a relationship when you don't feel confident. Yeah. Mm. I mean, who feels confident when there's almost nobody? (laughs) This is great. This applies to like pretty much everyone. Yeah. So, I mean, we always like to sort of like start off with definition of terms. So like not feeling confident. What's the common sort of theme of not feeling confident when you're single, you're thinking about starting a relationship? Uh, Well, I think one of the strongest areas that comes up and I see it with clients is around body confidence. So I think that's one of the key areas that really comes out. Um, And then, you know, goes down the route of people who don't, I suppose, feel valued, feel worthy. Um, Some of those issues may then come to the surface as well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, I think if you're in this, this headspace where you don't feel confident, I think there's a lot of really negative um, self-talk, some battles there's a bit of a shitty committee going on inside your head mm. that's conspiring well, against shitty you committee. <laughs> yeah do you know what I mean they're kind yeah. of all having a good chat about you yeah. and not making you feel great about yourself so mm-hmm. I think there's a lot that goes on below the surface there's a lot that happens or has happened before you've got to this point mm. if that's the way you're feeling yeah and that mm. can be because of messages that you've always been carrying around it could be because of a last relationship yeah a toxic situation in your past relationship that really ground down your confidence Mm. and you might have been sort of hearing certain things for months or years and starting to believe them to be true Mm. oh my gosh yeah yeah Yeah. so I I think it is hard when you I think even if you are a confident person I think starting a new relationship is still quite it's still quite a test in time isn't it it's still even the most confident of people, there's still going to be some thoughts that are happening there. Yeah. Well, starting a relationship is not like, all right, we're ordering our partner online and we're starting a relationship. <laughs> it's like, it's like... Now that that depends <laughs> if you're right into the moon or not. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, we should be doing that 
always. <laughs> Full moon. Ask in the universe. Ask in the universe. But yeah, so presumably starting a relationship means you're getting out on the dating scene or you're yeah. thinking about turning a casual date into a more serious thing. So, mm. and the problem is you can never order that necessarily. Well, a little bit of asking the universe, but there's another person involved or there are other people involved. And so you're, you're really putting yourself out there for potential like rejection and mm. all those things. Cause you can put your best intentions out there and then the outcome is out of your hands. Yeah. And sometimes like the outcome of things will either will often reinforce we're looking for outcomes that reinforce our messages and if our messages are negative and negative self-talk then that's sort of like you're not worthy you're not deserving mm. of love or of happiness and then sometimes we can those outcomes can be sort of reinforcing those messages so yeah the shit yeah. committee well yeah but i think you can always look for you can always find the evidence so whether you're looking for positive evidence or negative evidence you'll mm -hmm. always find the evidence you're looking for mm -hmm. because that's where you focus in your attention so if you're looking to reinforce some of those negative messages you're going to be able to do it we all could mm -hmm. but we're not programmed as well to look for the positive messages to look for the justification of why something good is true ah uh, yes and I got think it. that's the challenge Oh, yeah. So tell us more about that. So I think in terms of the confidence bit, so if I'm starting a relationship, I could easily look for things that I think are wrong with mm. me or things that I'm not able to do. So it could be some of the messages might be, um, well, I'm not very good when I first meet people. Um, I feel mm. too nervous. I don't. Mm. I, can't, I haven't got anything to say. I freeze up. I, mm. and so we can look for situations that remind us and reinforce that message, or mm. we could look for okay. Well, when are some of the times when you when that doesn't happen? So is it different if um if it's a relationship that's at work? Is it different mm. if it's a friendship? Is it different when I meet family members that I haven't seen for a long time? Mm. What are different situations like? And we could then look for some positive situations of where mm. actually it's not true. So that message that we've been reiterating over and over again mm. and we've been finding all of this negative evidence to support yeah. it could easily be overturned if we just challenge that. Nice. What are some counter messages that help in that scenario? So I would look at things like, I would be saying things like, so I'm not very good when I meet people, I feel nervous. So that would be the negative self-talk. If we switch that around to say, I often feel nervous when I meet new people, but I'm excited mm -hmm. about the prospect of having a relationship. Yeah, I, I'm thinking if I'm nervous, I'm usually like a total idiot in conversation and I over talk. I think a positive spin on that would be I'm just being myself when I'm nervous. I'm totally like I'm totally myself. I'm, to I'm totally my genuine, authentic self. So yeah. so I would say I like that person. They're kind of fumbling in conversation and they say things they shouldn't. And they're like excitable and that. But that's lovable and the and the right person would find that just as lovable i don't i don't have yeah. to perform i don't have to be perfect on a first date because gosh i am never perfect in real life and so the the person who really like digs my flavor is gonna like the weird awkward first date side of me yeah because <laughs> i like that side of me and who's to say what's good and bad who's to say yeah. what's right and wrong yeah. who's to say what somebody's gonna as you say, find endearing or yeah. um, charming versus actually mm -hmm. that's a bit of a turnoff. But 
you know, I think we've talked about this before, actually, on the podcast. If you are going on a date with somebody and they don't like who you are, is that somebody you want to spend the rest oh. of your life with? Because they'll never like who you are. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've spent so much time in these rom-com movies trying to show up to trap people, showing yeah. up not as we are and on our best behavior. And I, th- I don't think anybody ever showed us the end of the rom-com, like the rom-com that goes on after the hour and a half yeah. ends, which is like real life. And if you've set up a relationship based on false pretenses, you kind of, then you're stuck in that box yeah. and that's a shitty box to be stuck in. So it is. yeah, definitely. Like if you show your real self when you're starting up a relationship, yeah, there will be people who won't like that and they won't mm. stick around and yeah. God love you for it. <laughs> Dodged a bullet. <laughs> yeah, like it's really worth sticking out there because it's not fun being in a box that is not you. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So what about um, body image? That is a hard, your mm. sense of self and your physical self. Yeah, I think this is a massive um, thing for a lot of people. Mm. And um, we can judge and assume that kind of somebody who's on Instagram looks great, mm. doesn't have any body images but that would probably be a wrong assumption, mm-hmm. I think, because there's so many people that do have challenges and issues. Mm-hmm. And and especially, I think, if you're having a relationship for, you know, a second relationship or mm-hmm. you've had children mm-hmm. or, you know, may, a lot of people, we've talked about it on the podcast, a lot of people have put on weight during COVID. Oh my God, COVID-19. That, <laughs> yeah, I read something the other day that said alcohol consumption had gone up 29%. Yes, it's so a thing yeah. clearly that you know you're going to put on a bit more um yeah. around your middle if uh, yeah. if that's the situation so yeah. it goes back to who is it that I want to be so what's important to me what's going to make me happy it's not about making yourself a certain way to try and please somebody else because if you're genuinely if you're never going to be a size 10 because that's just not your thing I don't know what the equivalent is in um in the US whether it's size I go size 10 yeah yeah so um if that's just naturally if you've never been that way then why are you Mm. trying to force yourself into a Mm. body that you're never gonna it's never gonna be achievable for Mm. you so Mm -hmm. sometimes there has to be a bit of realization around actually what's a realistic goal yeah but what's a realistic goal for you not for somebody else so what is it that would make you feel happier Mm. in yourself And body is function. It's always nice to think about like, what do I want to do with my body? How do I want to express it? What kind of activities do I like enjoying? And do I enjoy those activities in my current body? Or are there things like, you know, my knees hurt a bit when I'm walking for long distances. I'd like not to have knee pain. So you know what, maybe that's a 10 pound weight loss. And so that I can be really comfortable taking my walks. Perfect. Mm. Um, Body is function. Yeah. Like, how does my body serve me? Um, Mm. And that's the end. The more present that we can be in our body, the more that we enjoy our body. And we often then there's just, oh my gosh, that's a, that's a deep pool. But basically, um, the more love that we give our body as opposed to things that are not loving of our body. And that's. Yeah. But that brings on to the conversation of gratitude, doesn't it? So if you are grateful and you celebrate the things that you, your body gives you as a person so um I did a yoga routine this morning Mm. and um I stopped halfway through because I just thought oh I don't want to do any more of this yeah yeah yeah. but equally so rather than and you know this is the difference between sort of you know 
I could have gone, well, that's ridiculous. You could have finished the session. It wasn't that long, blah, 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 blah. Instead, I kind of said, oh, actually, I just want to stop now. Oh, good. And I'm grateful that I did the first 15 minutes. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so Because that I'm felt grateful. good. Yeah. So I've kind of thought, oh, I've done enough for today. Oh, nice. So it is about celebrating yeah. the things that you can do with your body, the things that your body provides you with, rather yeah. than focusing on the things that oh you know I wish I was a size zero I wish I could get into this type of clothing or yeah oh my gosh totally oh yeah yeah being grateful and uh, my gosh isn't that cool to be grateful for the fact that you're your own best friend so you're not going to make your body do things that it doesn't want to do yeah that's really cool yeah very recently on the topic of gratitude I was um looking up resources for a client gratitude practices for skeptics because, um, and I'm a bit of a skeptic. I'm a lot of a skeptic. You know, I, I really, you know, gratitude journaling and all that sort of stuff. It's all the rage Mm. and that I really have troubles finding my space there because I I find it so freaking cheesy. But at the same time, (laughs) like gratitude is an evidence-based practice to improve your mood and your outlook. And so on the basis of one of my clients who is like, I find this super cheesy. I went out on a search for gratitude resources for skeptics. And so on the topic of gratitude, I can really buy it if I give myself permission to be like, it feels kind of cheesy, but I know it helps. And so, you know, on the topic of gratitude in the last week, I've been kind of just sort of raising my awareness just a little bit to moments that I'm like, damn, that feels really great to be grateful. (laughs) And, you know, I I don't know if I'm going to be pulling out a journal anytime soon, but taking moments where I'm like, right now, these are the things that I'm really grateful for. And they're super small. Um, Mm. They often involve these beautiful soaps that I like buy and from this beautiful place in town in Florida that's like this gorgeous uh, woman who has her small business. And I'm like, I'm really grateful for the smell of my soaps today. But mm. that's that's taking care of your body, right? Like treating yourself to a lovely practice in the bath. Like yeah. I'm going to give myself something special. That's something to be grateful for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So back to our hot topic, I don't think there's yeah. anything holding us back then. Like... I think there isn't, but, you know, let's acknowledge that this is hard. So anybody who doesn't feel confident about any, you know, any area of their life, and particularly Mm -hmm. with relationships, as you say, because we place so much emphasis on them, we place so much importance on them, we connect our happiness to having a successful relationship. We're naturally gregarious, so we want to be around people, we want to spend time with people. Yeah. And even introverts, you know, still want that human connection. Yeah. yeah. And it's important to feel like you're part of something that's bigger than you. So it's because we're in this space where we it has got so much emphasis and it has got so much attachment to various parts of our life. It's understandable that if you're not feeling confident, that's going to weigh quite heavy. And so Mm. I think we really need to acknowledge that the feelings and the thoughts that are coming up in this if you're in this situation are real and it's normal so a bit of self-forgiveness I think is the first place to start so I'd start by just some pure acknowledgement yeah this feels crap um (laughs) I am terrified um this isn't kind of I really want something but I'm terrified to get started like Mm. just acknowledge that that stuff is real would be the first thing I would say nice yes and then the only way that we can build confidence in anything is to just keep trying it and mm. keep dipping your toe in the water. Yeah. As we said earlier, you've all, you've always had choice. So you've always got a choice whether I stop or whether I continue. So if you dip your toe in the water and you try it on for size, 
And if you don't like it, then you can just take it all back out again. Oh, Save yeah. it for another day. Nice. Mm. That feels like a really safe place to start yeah. in this scenario. And, you know, remember that the other person probably feels a bit nervous too or is possibly lacking in confidence in different areas of their life as well. Heck yes. Because we're all a little bit screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it. <laughs> oh my God, that's, is, ain't that the truth? Yeah. yeah. So em- embrace being screwed up and yeah. uh, dip your toe in the water. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds, that sounds doable and that sounds promising. But yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Shall we do a question? Yeah, let's go. My best friend lost their partner and I don't know how to help. So sad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I have some first-hand experience of this and um, I have to say it is utterly, utterly devastating situation to be in. And it's devastating for the person, but there's also, in my experience, there is um, a period where you actually go through that grief stage yourself as well. Oh, Not just yeah. for the person that's passed, but for the the way that I found it was the relationship that, grieving the relationship that, my friend was then going to miss out on oh I see yeah yeah so it's just it's an awful situation to be in yeah and maybe you went to their wedding maybe you were around when they met you probably shared a lot of time oh my gosh I mean it's devastating to lose a partner it's absolutely Mm. devastating and to be the person and to be a friend supporting your friend through that I mean it's just wow and it brings up your own um your own kind of fears and insecurities doesn't it because mm. like I know for me when I was going through it I you feel devastated yourself because you can't imagine if you were in that situation like I mean I like just love the bones of my partner and mm. I would be so pissed if we didn't get to spend the rest of our lives together Aww. and if that was taken away like I I just it's just devastating isn't it yeah it is and sometimes it happens that we lose. I mean, as devastating and unfair as it is, some people lose their partners way too soon. Yeah. And I think, like, yeah. I don't know, when you were younger, you know, you kind of just thought, like, everybody just lives until they're kind of, like, 70, 80, 90, that you just, yeah. you have this assumption, don't you, when you're younger? And it's not until you get to the age that we are now when actually people start to, you know, bad things start to happen where people yeah. do pass sooner yeah. than they should do yeah. and don't make it to that age. And I yeah. hear just so much of it. People who are in their fifth, like early 50s, like mid 40s, even then kind of younger than that, yeah. are people that, and it does feel so tragic yeah. when somebody passes before you kind of naturally feel like they should. Absolutely. So yeah, I, again, I think yeah. there's some acknowledgement of how difficult this situation is, not just for yeah. your friend, but also for you and the ramifications mm-hmm. that it then has in, in your life. Yeah, that's true. And then you're the person who's grieving mm. your friend's loss. There's a spillover effect that you reflect on your life. Yeah. But you're completely and utterly helpless when it comes to this grieving process for your friend because your friend's process Absolutely. is their own And it's going to be messy and hard and drawn out. It's going to have decent days. It's going to have bitterly hard days. 
Mm. And it'll go on for years. Yeah. And the challenging thing, and the thing that I, I often find, you know, if I'm coaching is people have a lot of help in the first weeks, Mm. a lot of help, tons of, you know, people crowding in their lives and saying, offering help. But the hard part is when all the well-wishers sort of are burnt out, exhausted, or done for lack of a better term. And everybody kind of just goes away and just assumes, okay, well that's done. The grieving process is done. It's like people assume your grieving process is done, but hell there's nothing done about it. Yeah. I do, yeah, I don't know that it's an assumption that it's done. I think it's just a natural part of life as human beings. We're, we're really adaptable to situations, mm. um, a lot more adaptable than we think we are. Mm. And it, it then just isn't front and center. Yeah. And it's, yeah. But that's not in a kind of mean way or a, I don't care about your way. People naturally just gravitate back to kind of everyday life. Like the news and, cycle just shifts. Yeah. 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 And something else will come that just takes over. And I don't think that it's an assumption that the grieving process should be kind of done and dusted in the space Mm -hmm. of a couple of weeks. I think it is just a natural people go back to their everyday lives. And that is when the hard shit starts, because Mm -hmm. then you have that kind of second wave of grief that comes and all of the the messages, I guess, that come with that. Yeah. So as a best friend, you know, what you can anticipate is that your new cycle is going to start to shift and you may, because you're not holding this particular grief, it, yeah. you know, so you're if, with one step removed, you are going to move on to other parts of your life, yeah. knowing that your best friend is still very much going to be in the throes mm-hmm. of grief. So how do you continue to support your friend, even though you may have actually from time to time moved on because it's your life and you're sort of having to get on with it? Yeah. So how do you maintain support and presence for your friend when you have a different feeling about this, obviously? Mm. But there's a balance as well, isn't there? Because naturally as human beings, we want to fix things for mm. other people. We mm. want to make people feel better. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a kind of an overwhelming sense of responsibility to be able to help to make the other person feel better. Mm. The reality is... You can't make somebody feel better when they're grieving. So it is a process um, that will involve some anger, some resentment, some desperation. Some denial and like, oh, it's fine. It's good. Let's go out and have a girl's night. And then. Yeah. And then there'll be all these emotions that just come to the surface when you least Mm. expect it. And Mm. so I think it's really hard. It is about how do I keep them kind of front and center? How do I still find the space in my life to be able to support Mm. you know the best friend that's going through it but also how do I support them in a way that is true for them so how do I support them in a way that they are ready to receive and to take yeah and and the thing that comes to mind there is we often when people are grieving loss we often say some pretty weird and sensitive things not because Mm. we mean to but just because you know and we're that tendency to want to fix we'll say things that that try to sort of fix the situation or or try to move our friend past the grief faster Mm. and therefore the the most effective thing is when a wave of awfulness comes into your friend and when they're having a really rough moment is just to sort of sit there and say this really sucks yeah and give them a hug and that's it and just be present with them um yeah. we tend to try to say something that fixes the situation but it absolutely doesn't <laughs> well because it's a situation that's unfixable right yeah it is and maybe that's it like how do i support my best friend who's lost their partner 
is sitting with that incredibly uncomfortable, unfixable emotion, which is grief and loss, where there is no remedy other than just time. Yeah. And, and it doesn't even remedy the situation. It just moves the grief a little bit into the past. So it, it has less of, an, of, of a physical hold on you. But yeah, there is no repair for grief. No. I did. Um, I was watching a TED talk the other day. I popped up on my news feed and it was um, a woman who was talking about grief. And mm-hmm. she said that she, so she lost her husband. She lost her father. And I think she might have lost a mother all in the space oh. of like 10 months or something. Oh and she had um, a child and she did eventually remarry and they went on to have some mm. some children. And so they've got this like uh, blended family. But she says she never, ever um, talks about her first husband in the past tense. So she always talks about him as if he was present because she said she wouldn't have the life that she had had it not have been for him she wouldn't have met a new husband and had gone on to have more children mm. if it wasn't for him because if mm. he hadn't have passed she would never have been in that situation so she kind of views it in a totally different way and I'm guessing she didn't view it like that in the beginning and um, so I'm guessing that there's been some kind of oh. process that mm. she's gone through in order to help yeah. to deal with it but I think it is important to still have conversations so often we tend not to want to bring people up so we don't want to mm. Um, you know, we don't want to have those, we almost kind of avoid it like the person Mm. never existed, Mm. but that's not helpful because you want to, as a human being, if you've lost somebody who was close to you, you still want to be able to share those memories and to talk about them. And, um, so with my friend, we do talk about him. We talk about, um, the good times that they had together. We talk about what they were like as a couple. Um, we have those conversations and I think it's important to carry on doing that. Oh, Yeah and allow people the space and the permission to be able to talk yeah. about the relationship. And I think that that managing our own emotions is important because we will we tend to get very uncomfortable and oftentimes yeah. we tend to be policing our grieving friend because yeah. our discomfort shuts them down. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that we have to check ourselves. If, if we yeah. desire to be a true friend is to really mm. hold the space by really checking our own discomfort. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, you, you're right. It's spot on. It's I know I can't fix I can't fix the unfixable. Mm-hmm. I have to recognize that. I have to check in with the mm-hmm. thoughts that are coming up for me, and I have to challenge myself to be as open as possible to having conversations that yeah. I may have shied away from. Mm-hmm. Especially if if like death is something that's really uncomfortable for you like if it's something that for various reasons in your upbringing or whatnot if it wasn't spoken about if you have your own trauma that you're carrying around yeah yeah you can have very good reasons why this is such an uncomfortable topic for you yeah absolutely yeah and I I think communication is always important so one thing that you can always ask your friend is like how would you like me to support you in this moment what do you need right now yeah do you need a distraction do you need someone just sit with you and yeah. tell you that this sucks and give you a hug? Do you need somebody to get you a, you know, 25-gallon bottle of wine? Ah, okay. I was gonna, I was thinking ice cream, then I said tea. Yeah. You got you got the wine. Perfect. Sounds like we're going to have a party. Yeah. 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 No, I think it is. It is about um, letting your friend lead you in the situation as to mm-hmm. what they do need. And recognizing sometimes they might not know what they need. So sometimes you mm. might just have to pull a wild card out and try something. Yeah. yeah, which is as long as it comes from a place of 
wanting to help yeah. as opposed to you. And yeah, just checking in and just making sure is, is my discomfort driving the boat mm. right now? Or is it my, is my openness and my genuine interest in being there for my friend uh, yeah. driving right now? Mm-hmm. And it may look, you know, of course, like this is a place where um, anybody who's had such a loss really, really should be in therapy. <laughs> I think if I if I may venture to say having mm-hmm. having some sort of help or that might be sort of a religious leader or, you know, whatever helps you. But just I think getting help is a really, really important thing yeah. for yourself. You might also like if it's really bringing up a lot of stuff, if it's hard to be there, mm-hmm. if a lot of your own stuff is getting in the way of you being for your friend, this might be an opportunity for you to get some a little bit of help as well. Yeah. So it's not it's not a nice subject to discuss, is it? But I do think it's important to sometimes have these oh, yeah. difficult and challenging conversations. And um, yeah, for anybody out there who is going through this, then our hearts are with you. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's something we don't talk about, but then it makes the all too common experience of losing a partner early in life. It makes that feel like it's not normal. So people yeah. really feel because there seems to be like a gag order on talking about this in society. Mm. So there is no space. And this is so common. So a lot of people are losing their partners early and they don't feel like they have anywhere to turn. So, yes, as as uncomfortable a subject as, as it is, it's so important to bring this up because it's so, so common. And maybe even now through this past year of people losing people to COVID mm. unexpectedly, whether that be from the disease itself or the various ramifications, we've had incredible loss because of mental health. Yeah. So just, you know, there's just been so much, there's been so much loss and loss is unfortunately a regular part of life. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I feel like sitting in this moment before we get back to our normal programming. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so takes its time. It does, it does. And mm-hmm. I think, yeah, anybody who's struggling with this, then give yourself some time and some space mm. and reach out for some support. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very much so. All right. Well, that was a wow. podcast and a half. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes we got to go to the to the sad side, but sad yeah. is normal. Yeah, that's okay. It is. Yeah. It is. Uh, and also, because we marinate in the sad and we really spend time in the sad, then we can enjoy the full spectrum of emotion, which includes some happiness too. So sometimes we, I find that when I really think about these life, literally life and death things, I find I have a better day because I can really think about what's important. I can, yeah. you know, here I was starting my Monday thinking, ah, oh, you know, I've got to worry about this and that. And now I'm like, I think I'm going to go and visit my dude and in the other room and see how his his morning is doing. Cause like the important thing is like, you know, we get so caught up in our day and we think all these stupid things are important and they're not. Our relationships are the, are the most important thing of our life. So that's given me a bit of gratitude for the start of the week. Me too. Me too. For as many days as we have to enjoy our presence on this earth in this lifetime, might as well enjoy it. Make full use of it. Yeah. Well, nobody knows, nobody knows how long we've got. So, so might as well eat dessert yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) make the most of it enjoy the moments yeah 100 percent. yeah all right oh all right well till next week then till next week so that's it for another week of geordie lass and doc sass 
We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.